This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to the Academy Show here on Blood Red as we take a dive into the youth ranks at Liverpool and bring you all the latest from Kirby. Coming up, we'll be checking in on a goal fest for the under-23s against Manchester United. We'll discuss Liverpool's latest youngster to put pen to paper on professional terms. And as always, bring you our one to watch. Alongside, as ever, our man on the pulse when it comes to Academy Matters, it is Matt Addison. Matt, how are we? Yeah, very good, thanks. We're uh, recording this, aren't we, a day before, so we just finished watching the uh, the Manchester City game that we're going to talk about. And plenty of, of goals going in, plenty of excitement, loads of things happening over the, the last couple of weeks. I think it's, what, about a, a month since we did the, the last Academy show, so plenty of, of stuff to, to talk through and, and go through. So, yeah, it's uh, an exciting time. It's good to have the football back. Yeah, let's start with the team who then have been involved in so many goals recently, the under-23s. We'll start there. They've had a Carabao Cup game under-21s, I think it is. for Sorry, not Carabao Cup. The uh, leasing.com, EFL Trophy, whatever it's called uh, these days. They've um, they had a game with Wigan that didn't go their way, that had plenty of goals in. But on Friday night, they were at Old Trafford against Manchester United. And, well, it was a game that certainly lived up to the billing when, when these two sides come together. Yeah, Lee Sports Village rather than Old Trafford. But yes, it was uh, 5-3. So eight goals between the teams and, and Leighton Clarkson, Ben Woodburn, Jack Byrne. He scored twice and, and Louis Longstaff as well. All on the score sheet for Liverpool, 4-1 up at half time. So it, it seemed to be all going swimmingly. Manchester United did sort of drag themselves back in. But you know there was a clear gulf between the two teams, I would say. Certainly on the night, Liverpool were, were deserving winners you know, by far and away the, the better side. And that hasn't always been the case at, at under-23 level. Obviously, we've seen, you know, different teams. It sort of depends partly on what time of the year, you know, who's with the, the first team, who's out injured, that sort of thing. But at the moment, they seem to be be really strong. Ben Woodburn was there, captain the side and, and played pretty well. I think we're going to talk about him a, a little bit later on in terms of, you know, what happens next for him. But yeah, it was a a fairly accomplished performance. I'm sure they'll want to improve, obviously, defensively, not to, to concede those three goals. But, you know, generally it was uh, a pretty decent showing, I would say. Yeah, and as you, as you say, decent showing. But as as ever, as is always the case when Manchester United play Liverpool in whatever game, there is always a possibility to, for, for tempers to, to boil over and certainly happen with the, the young lads on Friday night. Yeah, it was uh, Leighton Clarkson, not his finest moment. It's uh, a dreadful tackle. I've seen the, the video back a, a couple of times and it's a, a very, very high challenge halfway up uh, the opponent's leg and rightly got a, a red card for that. It's not something we've seen too often with him. Normally, he's, he's very controlled, not just on the ball, but off it as well. Normally, you know, his temperament is is there or thereabouts. But yeah, on this occasion, he got a, a little bit excited, I think. Not the, the best tackle, but then... The reaction, Shola Shortire, I believe is how you pronounce it, for, for Manchester United. His reaction got a, a red card as well. So it was uh, 10 v 10 for however long, about half an hour or so, I think. But uh, yeah, it was uh, not the best moment for Leighton Clarkson. But again, it, it's uh, it's something that he'll have to learn from. It's, it's something that, you know, as a, a senior player, you can't be getting yourself sent off in, in that manner, particularly, you know, when you're, what, two or three goals up as they were at that particular moment in time. It was one of those games where, Know, the, the result was already decided. They just needed to to keep cool and, and keep calm. And yeah, I'm sure it's something that he'll learn for, for future matches. But you know, generally up until that point, he, he'd done quite well. And he wasn't the only one. I think there was a, a few decent performances from them. So 
I'm sure Barry Lutis will be, you know, fairly pleased with the the result and, and the performance overall, even if there were, as I say, one or two bits to improve upon. Yeah, so attackingly, obviously, it was a good showing. Five goals uh, put past United for the young Reds. Who were the ones sort of catching the eye, Matt? Yeah, there's a, a few different ones that I wanted to, to pick out, really. I think Longstaff and, and Byrne, obviously, both uh, on the score sheet, very creative, very decisive in, in attacking moments, which you know is exactly what you need. It, it's something that you know we've always seen that they've both had the ability to create. We know that they're both good on the ball and, and can pass and certainly can dribble as well. So it was good to, to sort of see it a bit more in the final third from them, obviously. Liverpool scoring five goals, that's always going to be important to have those wide players being able to, to create things and, and, as I say, be really decisive. And behind them as well, Jake Kane, a brilliant start to the season for him. Um, obviously moved up with Barry Lutus from the under-18s, now going to be, uh, it seems, a regular for, for the 23s. So it was a, another good performance from him. He's you know started the season as I say really well. Got a couple of goals from midfield already, and he's one of those that a, a lot like um, Leighton Clarkson really is ready to to make that step up. Obviously, uh, didn't have the the blemish of the red card like Clarkson did, but you know certainly the two of those I think not just you know in terms of going forward individually, but I think they work really well together alongside each other. Both really good on the ball as I say, but can put in a, a decent tackle most of the time as well. So. Yeah, Jake Kane is is sort of one to, to watch, I think, particularly in the under-23. He's still obviously on the, the younger side in that age group, but certainly is a, a player that has impressed. And obviously, I'm sure people will know who he is by now. Played plenty of, of times, played for the senior team, of course, against Shrewsbury as well. So it's a, a name certainly to, to keep in your head for, for the next few months and, and probably you know the next two or three seasons. Yeah, he does seem to be one that's progressing rather nicely at Kirby. What about a few of the others then? Under 23 is always a bit of a sliding doors time for some of the youngsters. You've got the ones coming up from the 18s, as you say, there with Jake Kane, who are looking to kick on and progress. But you've got others who can get trapped in there for sort of three or four years and not really seem to go anywhere. And I think there are probably a couple that fall into that bracket in this current group, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we mentioned Ben Woodburn, didn't we? I think he definitely is in need of a, a loan move, possibly even a permanent move, to be honest. Obviously, nowhere near the, the squad for the Carabao Cup and things like that. He seems to be a long way down the pecking order now. Very you know, technically gifted and, and very much a, a good player, but he's just probably not quite at that level to, to make it at Liverpool. I think you know, possibly a, a move, say, to the Championship or, or somewhere like that. He's obviously... You know, impressed uh, at Oxford, I think it was last season, wasn't it, where he went out and did pretty well there. Got a, an injury sort of, I think, maybe around this time of year, maybe slightly later, heading towards Christmas time. And he did come back from that, did, you know, put in some decent performances. But again, it, it's always about the opportunities and playing senior football, I think, for him is a must now. I think, what is he, 19 now at this stage, possibly 20 I just think he needs now to, to go and, and find the next step in his career. And Liam Miller as well, 21 on the day that this podcast will come out. Canada International, but again, nowhere near the, the first team. I think he's you know, been around uh, the squad for a little bit of time now. I think he's just ready to, to make that move away. And to be honest, I've been saying that maybe for, for 12, 18 months now. I think he's obviously come back and he's impressed. They needed numbers uh, with a couple of injuries over the last couple of seasons, but... I think for the good of his career, I think it's it's probably best that he moves on. I think he did impress on on Friday night. He was pretty decent, played off that left side and did you know show 
a fair bit of, of creativity, but it's just, you know, long-term what's best for, for the player. Sometimes you have to, to look at individuals rather than the team. And I just don't see him making it full-time at, at the top level, certainly for Liverpool, but potentially for, for somebody else. So certainly those two, I, I think, possibly need uh, a loan move. And, and possibly you could say the same for, for Abdi Sharif as well. Um, obviously a player that, that Stephen Gerrard was very vocal about when he was under 18's coach and, and worked with him. You know, a, a midfielder can sort of play on the right-hand side as well. He's been injured for, for the last 12 months or so, just about come back. And he was an unused substitute against Manchester United, but you know, he's signed a new contract whilst he was injured. He'd already signed his first professional deal about 12 or, or so months ago. Now 19, he doesn't really want to, to be sitting on the bench, I don't think, for, for the under-23s. So, I think obviously they are easing him back in. As I say, had a, a very long uh, ACL injury, I think it was, for, for him. It is a case of, of bringing him back slowly into the fray. But, you know, at some point you've got to make a decision. Potentially in January, he could maybe go out to a, a championship or, or possibly a League One club. And I think you know, that would, would do him a world of good to, to get him some regular minutes, really. Regular senior football rather than being on, on Liverpool under 23's bench and, and having bits and pieces it's all about that consistency now. He's very, very talented. As I say, Stephen Gerrard absolutely loved him, but it's just a, a case of getting yourself into that team on a regular basis. Yeah, I think we've still got, what, just over or just under three weeks it is of the domestic window. So it'd be interesting to see if any of these young players do go out. Liam Miller, of course, has been to, to Kilmarnock for a fairly lengthy loan deal up in Scotland. But as you say, maybe ready to move on, maybe even on a permanent basis. One other player to touch on from the under-23s group, Matt, and played in the, the Carabao Cup for the senior side in the 7-2 win against Lincoln City, right at the heart of defence. And that is Reese Williams. We've seen Billy Cometio playing in pre-season for the first team, but in one of the competitive games, Reese Williams was given his debut. Yeah, I think he was probably just edging out Cometio in terms of uh, the game, just because of the physicality, the fact that he's been out in, in non-league last season. He's very much used to that, a year or so older as well, uh, possibly a little bit more than that. So yeah, it was interesting that, that he played on Thursday. I thought he did okay. He didn't particularly do anything you know, terrible or, or anything like that, but... I just think it's again it's it's possible that he will go out on loan. I'd be surprised with him next week looking ahead to the next round, round four of, of the Carabao Cup. If he played a game, that would be a slight surprise just because obviously it's a, a much improved opponent this week. Obviously, Arsenal twice in the space of, of four days. So it would be interesting to see who does play at centre back on, on Thursday. Um, but I would be surprised if it was Reese Williams. I suppose I was surprised that it was Reese Williams last week, so it shouldn't be too much of a, a shock and I, I may well be wrong but yeah again I think uh, at his age having had regular football and, and played at a sustained period week in week out last season it's time again for, for the next stage of his development and I don't think you go directly from Kidderminster where he was last season into playing at, at Liverpool's first team there's at least one or two steps between that and I think it's probably the the right time for him to take that next one. Yeah, it would be some jump to go from National League North into the, the Premier League champions. But as you say, we'll have to wait and see if he does stick around. Let's move on, though, into the, the under-18s now, Matt. And we're recording on Saturday afternoon. Obviously, the, the podcast will be released on the Sunday. But the uh, under-18s have been playing at home against Manchester City. How have they got on and who were the ones to, to stand out in this? Yeah, it was a, a decent performance. Um, they did get beat 3-1 by Manchester City. City, very, very clinical, actually. Um, 
First thing to, to say is Mark Bridge Wilkinson, obviously their relatively new manager was missing because of a family bereavement. So they had Tim Jenkins, one of the analysts who works at the academy, was was managing them. I don't think that would have you know made a huge difference. He's someone that they will all be very aware of and, and that sort of thing. He presumably would have had a, a little bit of an insight uh, or an input into the team that was played. But I think obviously the, the usual manager would have uh, sort of had that choice to, to make beforehand but uh, yeah it was very much a, a case of City being very clinical they took the chances there was a couple of counter-attacks that, that Liverpool kind of got a, a little bit caught out on and I think they were a little bit naive at times but I was slightly surprised more really with the way that Manchester City played not like their first team at all uh, obviously we've seen the likes of Liam Delap this week make their debuts the lap scoring for, for City in the Carabao Cup. And it, it just seemed a little bit strange to me the way they set up. They were very defensive, very much played on the counter-attack, packed the midfield, very sort of rigid in the, the system that they played. But you would have thought with so much investment, particularly in the, the youth areas, they'd sort of be a little bit more uh, sticking to their principles. So, yeah, City got the, the result that they wanted, I think. But certainly Liverpool were more in terms of their under-18s, more of a, a Liverpool team than City were a Manchester City or, or Pep Guardiola team. Yeah, certainly. And Leighton Stewart has been one player who we've been keeping an eye on sort of over the course of the last couple of years, certainly last season as well. And uh, yeah, as you say, 3-1 defeat. I, I take it there wasn't really much for him to feed off in this one. No, Liverpool did have the, the vast majority of the possession. It was you know very much a strange game where they should have really created a lot more than what they did, but he was a little bit isolated, very, very quiet. He was a hat-trick hero in the first game of the season, but in this one didn't really get too much of a sniff. And he looked a little bit frustrated, as I say, very much isolated. And even though Liverpool did have the ball and, and moved it fairly well, they just didn't quite have that final pass to, to move into him. So he was coming very deep at times, found himself out on the left wing at times, just seemed to get a, a little bit lost, really, um, which is a bit of a shame because he is one of those players that if you give him a chance, chances are he is going to finish it. So, yeah, up front on his own, obviously, in that 4-3-3 system that, that Liverpool play, but it just didn't quite come off for him. I'm sure there'll be plenty more goals for him throughout the rest of this season, but on this occasion, I think he, he found it very tough. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another name to, to throw at you and said his name before. He's been involved with the first team during pre-season. Billy Cometio, he was in action for the under-18s. You would have thought, having been in the, the first team, he might have been knocking on the door of being a regular within the under-23s, but that's not the case. No, definitely not the case. Uh, obviously, still 17, Billy Cometio, and the fact that he was with the under-18s really suggests that you know he's not quite ready for that first team, which we have said all summer, really. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp is a big fan of him, understandably so. He is physically ready, but I think we saw today there was a, a little bit of naivety. One of the, the goals, I think, went down as a, an own goal for him in the end. He was past the ball, not really under any pressure, miscontrolled it inside his own penalty area, and the ball ended up going past the, the goalkeeper, Jakob Oshinsky. So it wasn't the, the best afternoon for Billy Cometio. I think he, he played about an hour or so and, and then got withdrawn. But yeah, we know how good he can be on the ball. We saw that in pre-season in, in Salzburg when they, they played there. It just wasn't to be the case, though, on, on this occasion. He didn't do particularly well. And I think it, it showed really the fact that he was playing for the under-18s. I think maybe one or two people have got a little bit ahead of themselves, a little bit excited. So it, it wasn't the best game from him. Um, but yeah, the, the chances of him being a fourth-choice centre-back this season for Liverpool, I think, 
probably uh, not on this evidence in terms of this making a, a decisive difference in this, but I just think this possibly proved that he's a, a little bit of a, a way off that being the case. I'm sure, you know, in, in two or three years' time, he'll be ready, and certainly he looks ready at this stage physically. But I just think there's a, a few little issues to, to be ironed out in his game, and that's exactly what, you know, playing for, for the under-18s is all about. Yeah, and completely understandable is... Uh, young age, what is he? Seventeen, as you you said before. Any other names from the the eighteens group that you wanna you wanna pick out, Matt? Yeah, a few uh, different ones to to discuss. Really, I thought James Balagizi didn't have his best game today. We'll come to him shortly in terms of his new contract. Malcamu Fraundorf as well. Again, a little bit on the periphery. Didn't quite have that impact that you'd expect him to have. But again, we will touch on him a little bit later because he is you know very exciting player. And, Tyler Morton, I thought, was a big miss for Liverpool today. Um, you know, a tough tackling midfielder, but certainly very good on the ball as well. And I think that sort of creativity, that link between the, the midfield and the attack was slightly uh, missing for them today. So it's not expected to, to keep him out very long, that knock. It's uh, just probably a week or so. But I think the, the sooner he gets back in, the better. And obviously, if you've got a player like him around, I think someone like Balagizi could, you know, very much... Uh, sort of benefit from that so it was uh, interesting to, to sort of see the impact on on him not being there certainly I think they they very much missed him and Tom Hill as well they missed uh, again we're, we're going to come on to him and, and the injury that he's got difficult to, to sort of talk through that at the moment but uh, yeah it, it looks like he's going to be out for a sustained period of time so a few different names that sort of could have done a little bit better and you expected a little bit more of but one new name that I hadn't seen and, and to be honest, hadn't heard of before. Isaac Mabaya came off the bench, an exciting 16-year-old midfielder, only turned 16 last Tuesday. So a very, very young player, uh, still a schoolboy, but he scored a consolation goal, assisted actually by Fraundorf. But uh, yeah, not a bad week for him. Only just turned 16 and then came off the, the bench to score a consolation in the end for Liverpool against Manchester City. Yeah, we'll get to Frauendorf, Tom Hill and uh, James Balagizi shortly. But before we do, last time, of course, we caught up was before the season getting underway and looking ahead to what was to come. So if you don't mind, Matt, just fill in the blanks of where we are so far. We've obviously spoken about those games for the 23s and 18s in the last couple of days. But what else has been going on? Yeah, we'll start with the, the under-23s. It was a good start to the season for them. They beat Everton on the opening day by a, a goal to nil. Then went to, to Derby County, an excellent team at, at youth level, obviously a championship outlet at, at, at senior level, but certainly uh, a very, very good team at, at youth level. So narrowly defeated there. And as we mentioned before, the EFL trophy hammered 6-1 in the end by Wigan. Wigan's senior team, of course, that is uh, in that competition. So, yeah, Leighton Clarkson, I mentioned his name before. His goal put Liverpool in front in that one. But then, you know, that lack of experience really shipped seven uh, or six, I should say, in, in the second half. And yeah, it, it fell apart very quickly for them. I think the first half was was very promising. It showed sort of the level that, that some of these players are at. That was an under-21 team, essentially, but there was you know a fair bit of uh, experience, even though it was a youth team in there. I thought they did pretty well. They controlled the game. It was you know very even for that first 45 minutes, but then Wigan made a, a substitution and, and turned the game around very quickly in that second half. So 
wasn't to be for them. I think they played Tranmere on Tuesday uh, in the next uh, round of, of that tournament. So that's a little group stage for them. So that'll be a, a big test for them to, to sort of see where they go from here and, and bounce back from that. But certainly, I think they will have learned some some big lessons from that defeat. Yeah, certainly. And for the 18s, well, they, as you said before, Leighton Stewart got a hat-trick in the, the first game of the season, beat Stoke 5-0. But as I, as I understand, Matt, of course, the, uh, the game that they had scheduled with Manchester United postponed for the time being due to COVID and obviously the threat that that's posing right now. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah, the, the first uh, game against Manchester United of, of the season for them was was called off. They didn't take any risks at that moment in time. It's not been fully explained. I don't think uh, exactly why that game was called off, but I'm sure that will be rearranged for a time into the future. But yeah, the, the 5-0 win over Stoke certainly was a good start. And then obviously the defeat to, to Manchester City was their second game. So just uh, to quickly mention, as you say, that the Stuart hat-trick in that Stoke game, but also, Dominic Cornus, I've got to mention him. Two goals directly from corners inside the same game. So, Takes not a, a bad left foot on him. Yeah, very, very much so. So, yeah, I think the wind possibly might have helped him out on one of them. But uh, got to give him credit. Two goals from exactly the same method. Uh, not a not a normal one either. No, I wonder what the XG on, on those is. We'd have to uh, to ask the, <laughs> the data lads for that. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of the, the youngsters. Then we sort of did mention that we were going to get on to talking about. And first up, we'll start with some real positive news for James Balagese. He signed his first professional contract. And I know this is a player, Matt, that you're very excited about having written earlier in the week a piece on the Echo all about him. Yeah, absolutely. I did some uh, some background research on him and, and spoke to a few people around uh, him and, and the academy and, and various people who've seen him play for England's youth teams as well. And uh, yeah, it uh, was the case that he signed his first professional contract on Friday. That news came out around 11. So for anybody who's interested in, in reading more on him after what I've said here, you can go and check that out across the, the Echo website, James Balagizi. Uh But yeah, I spoke to a few people um, People might have heard of the Secret Scout uh, across social media who does a, a lot of England youth games and, and that sort of thing. He's compared him to, to Yaya Torre. Uh, Liverpool actually signed Balagizi from Manchester City at the age of 11. And, you know, he is a, a really highly rated midfielder. I'm, I'm always a, a little bit reticent to, to compare any youth player to you know, a senior player. But I do I understand what he means in terms of, you know, getting hold of the ball and driving forward with it. I think that's certainly a strength of Balagizis. He can play in a, a few different positions. We saw him play today as more of a, a number eight. He can play as, as a 10 or a six as well. So he's, you know, very versatile. I suppose that's kind of shown in the players. He, he did an interview during lockdown on, you know, who he models his game on. And there's a, a sort of a few big names in there, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne, Thiago Alcantara and Fabinho as well. So, Certainly a few different styles that he's trying to mesh together. I think at some point he's going to have to decide, you know, which one he wants to be rather than trying to be all three at the same time. But uh, yeah, he only turned 17 uh, around a week or so ago. Last Sunday it was. So Liverpool wasting no time. Obviously you have to turn 17 to sign your first professional contract. Liverpool not messing about at all with that. They wanted to, to get him tied down. You know, rightly so, as I say, he's come through the England youth system, the same team over the years as, as Jude Bellingham, who we, we've obviously seen move to, to Borussia Dortmund. Bellingham just, you know, incidentally has just become the, the first or the youngest uh, under-21s goal scorer in the most recent uh, international break, obviously had the move to Borussia Dortmund. I think he started all three of their Bundesliga matches this season. So 
I'm sure that is something that, that Liverpool are, are trying to, to guard against with these youngsters. They don't want them to be poached and, and taken away. So, obviously, it's a, a long way away. Uh, but like easy, you know, playing for the first team and he's still got a lot of, of development to go. But certainly last season, scored his first goal for the under-18s at the age of 15. Ended it with four goals and, and two assists. And you just look at him and you think... There's a lot of, of potential to be played with there. He's still, you know, a very young player. As I say, only just turned 17. He's going to be a key man for, for the under-18s this season. And very much against Manchester City, his former club, even though it, it wasn't his best performance, it, it wasn't uh, the game and, and the result that he would have wanted. I was still, you know, very impressed by him every time he gets on the ball. He's got that dribbling, that close control that, you know, you, you love to see. Uh, any players, particularly in those midfield positions, being able to create and, and do things out of nothing. And yeah, he's certainly got the ability to do that. No, certainly. And if he if he becomes any one of Thiago Alcantara, Kevin De Bruyne or Fabinho, then Liverpool, I'm sure, will be very, very delighted with what they'll have on their hands. And as you say, Jude Bellingham, not a, not a bad player to obviously have played alongside and maybe try and reach similar heights. He's also become Borussia Dortmund's youngest ever scorer as well, recently as well. But let's move on to the next man to, to, to talk about, and that being Tom Hill, who unfortunately, uh, I remember last time we were speaking, we were really bigging up Tom Hill about this could be a real big season for him. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Yeah, no, it's a, a really unfortunate, untimely injury for him. It's uh, obviously a, a real shame, as we said on the, the last show. He's a really good box-to-box goal-scoring midfielder. Kind of a rare player in that regard, really. I think he scored nine times last season. Would have been a really crucial man for, for the under-18s this season. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, unfortunate. He's got an ACL injury. He's undergone successful surgery, but he is going to miss the majority of this season. It would be a surprise if if he played you know properly and, and got back to his best before the end of this season. So, you know, even if you know he's come out and, and said he promises to to come back stronger and that sort of thing, he's got to keep himself. Uh, mentally ready to to make that return but it is you know a big blow we've seen other players in in similar sort of positions we've seen Paul Glatzel he's had you know two or three of these you know really serious injuries he's got a slight one at the moment which has kept him out of the start of this season that's not anywhere near as bad as this one but he has had a couple in the past which have have kept him out for you know significant periods of time and, and particularly when you're at Tom Hill's age trying to establish yourself as an under 18 player got his first taste of, of senior action last season, of course, in the Carabao Cup around this time of year. So, yeah, it's a, a real unfortunate time for him. He is still, you know, a really highly rated prospect. Only signed his first professional contract a few months ago. A few months later, they'd offered him improved terms and a, a new deal to keep him at the club. So, as I say, really highly rated, but really, really unfortunate in that he's got this injury now. And, you know, having just come out of a, a lockdown for how many you know, months has it been to pick up this injury in training in Kirby as well. It, it wasn't even a match scenario. So, yeah, unfortunate timing for him. He's now going to have missed probably 18 months when you include the, the end of, of last season being cut short, locked down. He's come back, obviously, in, into pre-season and, and then got this. So, yeah, it's a, a big blow for him. Hopefully he can can come back sooner than, than first hoped. <laughs> 
Yeah, hope so. Hope that is the case. Hope he keeps his head high as well. As you say, a player with plenty of promise and maybe with someone like Paul Glatzel about someone he can uh, maybe get some advice off and an understanding of what he will be, of course, going through with the long-term injury. But before we go, time to do our one to watch. And we've spoken there about Balagizi and Hill. So the other player you wanted to speak about, Matt, is... Is Mel Camus Fraundorf. He's uh, the one to watch for, for this one. I've actually started to, to write a piece for our website on him. Spoken to, again, a, a few different people around him. He was signed from Hoffenheim over the summer. So I've had a, a conversation with a few people who, who know him very well over in Germany. And, you know, it, it's important with all of these players when they come into a, a new country, a, a new language, a, a new culture, they are going to take time to adjust. And I think we, we saw that with the under 18s. Uh, game against Manchester City. He was kind of on the periphery, as I said, but he's somebody who's you know, very much been impressing those at the academy in the early few weeks of, of his time here. So I think he, he signed around four or five weeks ago now. Uh, so he's not been in England long, but again, started uh, the game today. I believe in, in Hoffenheim, they played him more of a, an attacking midfielder, played sort of wide left and, and wide right today. I think he switched it a couple of times during the, the game, but yeah, it's uh, an exciting player, one to watch more just in terms of the, the sort of intrigue than anything else. I've not obviously seen a, a great deal of him, but the fact that he's come in and started the first you know couple of games in his new club, very highly rated, very highly thought of in Germany. I believe Bayern Munich were, were taking a look at him and you know he chose to, to come to Liverpool instead. So it's a big challenge for, for him to, to sort of come over here and, and adjust, as I say, and sort of acclimatise to the new environment. But but you've got to hope that that is the case. He is, by all accounts, a very shy, very quiet person. Left his brother, who's also a Hoffenheim player, a couple of years older for the first time. So, you know, they've sort of grown up together, being in the same academy and that sort of thing. They've now been split and, and put into two different countries. And it's sort of those things that, you know, people don't really think about with, you know, these so-called wonder kids or, or whatever you want to, to term them, coming to you know, different clubs, coming to a, a much bigger club as well than, than Hoffenheim in, in Liverpool. But yeah, I'm led to believe, as, as the piece will say when it, it comes out on our website, that you know, he's convinced that he's made the right choice, his parents are and his family are. And crucially, I think as well, Hoffenheim are. Obviously, they will have not wanted to have left it, to have lost him. But the fact that he has left them and, and come to Liverpool, I think, you know, his former coaches and, and that sort of thing, they think it's the, the right move for him to make. So, yeah, a, a German youth international, very much uh, one for, for the future. I think probably it's this time next year, by the time we're, we're really talking about, you know, assessing where he's at, at at Liverpool. I think for the moment, it's just a, a case of acclimatising. But yeah, against Manchester City, I thought he was relatively direct, considering he was sort of playing a wider, more peripheral role than what he has done in the past. He was very, very good at pressing as well, which I thought was interesting. Obviously, Hoffenheim, a team, Ralph Ranić has been there before. We saw in Jurgen Klopp's press conference on Friday, he was asked a question about uh, Ranić and, and sort of his development. Julian Nagelsmann as well, obviously, former Hoffenheim player and Roberto uh, manager, I should say, and, and Roberto Firmino as well came in from Hoffenheim. So, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to see that, that sort of tactical uh, difference between him and, and the rest of his teammates. He seemed very good at pressing, which is obviously a big thing for Liverpool. So, yeah, to, to sum up, really, just one of those players that we don't know a huge amount at this time, but 
quite clearly is uh, a very talented player and, and one that I will certainly be keeping my eye on over the next couple of months. Yeah, very exciting stuff, certainly to see how he does develop and hopefully, as you said, first and foremost settles in and enjoys himself in Liverpool in the area and, uh, yeah, as we say, acclimatises well and then shows us what exactly he can do on the pitch over the coming months and years. Well, that's all from us here for this edition of the Academy Show here on the Blood Red channel. Do make sure to check out all of our content, whether that be on our podcast platforms or whether it be our dedicated YouTube channel. Plenty to get stuck into. Myself and Matt will be back, of course, next month to look again, once again, at what is going on at Kirby with the Academy setup. But for now, thanks for your time and company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.